<laughs> Welcome. Episode 661. Susan here. Sarah here. I wish I had a longer name. Sarah Louise Meister Butler Rice. <laughs> that, that is your name. I don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Multiple people would leave me that in comments and messages. No. And, yeah. That makes me Sarah so happy. Louise Meister Butler. It's Rice. catching on. <laughs> yeah, I love that I have just acquired those two just because. I feel like I should get at least <laughs> Butler because I was there for your honeymoon, which was really just me and Susie going and doing research for. Oh, her. yeah. <laughs> right. We went to yeah. Brazil, Sarah and I. Adam didn't come, so he missed yeah. out. Yeah, missed out. <laughs> yeah, fine. He had all worked out. Then he came home and we got preggers. So that was like truly like the last hurrah, that Brazil trip. And we were in bed by 10 every night. (laughs) We sure, it was so fun. We played so many games of Scrabble on that trip. Yeah, we need to go on more vacations. We sure do. We're so good at it. We're going to see each other doing like a little mini. Yeah, that's true. It's probably good that it's a mini. Stand up comedy. Which is probably airing like right when we're probably. Let's see. I, this episode. Co- <gasps> this episode comes out on Halloween. This is our Halloween episode. This, I didn't realize, but it Ooh, is. That's so good. Halloween episode. <laughs> this is so perfect because I have some spooky, spooky shit to talk about. That's awesome. Oh, I'm very excited. I feel like there's a real dearth of Halloween music. Like there's Monster Mash, and then of course the Thriller. Yes. You know discography. Okay, I'm very glad that you brought this up, Suze, because we were driving in the car the other day, Eli and I, driving in the car. We were driving to a haunted, uh, kind of like a haunted house, but it's outside. It's called, oh, it's something really creepy. It's like the fear compound or fear something compound. Oh, God, that is Yeah, and it's really, the history of it is really spooky. It was a place that was developed in the 70s where they were going – it started in the 70s. They were going to study how bodies decomposed. Oh. But they lost their funding and then there was some other things happened. Like they they somehow had to shut it down. So they shut it down and then that area was then – like creepy stuff happened. Like there was a plane crash and the the remnants of the plane crash are still on the site. And then somebody bought it and turned it into – a only open on Halloween around like this time of year haunted like forest like like haunted maze area like haunted like a haunted house but outside in like and they have like so it all there set are up walls, like you can run no through roof? yes like oh. like a maze sort of and they oh. have you know kind of like not scary or not scary farm in California yeah. where they have the people who dress up or like a Universal haunted horror nights or they have the people who dress up and scare you it was so fun. So we were driving there and we wanted to get in like a scary mood. And so we were listening to some Halloween music and I asked Eli what his favorite Halloween song was. And of course, you know, Thriller comes up. And then I put on uh, uh, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. And he's like, this isn't a Halloween so- music. This isn't Halloween music. And I go, yeah, okay. But it falls into the spooky theme. Yeah, I agree. Songs with a spooky theme. Which I don't know that like, song, but it sounds Psycho spooky. Killer. Whoa. 
It's so good. Okay. Oh, 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 ah. Yeah, that's like what that. they do. Hi, hi, hi. It, oh, Susie, you're going to love this. It's a great song. <laughs> it's a really good song. It's like yeah. 80s. Okay, but that, heads, that's yeah. it really, right? Monster Mash, Psycho Killer, Thriller. We need yeah, more. There are some new saying. ones. There's a new one. Okay. There's a new it? one that a woman on, uh, I think she was like a TikTok artist wrote, that's called uh, Witch, but she she spells out witch and W-I-T-C-H. And she, like the lyrics are like, rumor on the street is that her apples are delicious, something, something, but her, the, like her boyfriends say she's wicked or something like that. Her exes say she's wicked. Mm. And it, she says that witch stands for woman in total control of herself. Oh my God, you yeah. love it. She's a witch, a woman in total control of herself. It's a great song. It's really cute. So okay, that's like good, a new good. Halloween song. Good, I love more that. Of that. Love it, love it. Yeah. Okay, so good. That's hard. I think there's more that could go into the Halloween. Um, yeah. Everybody puts that Maxwell, uh, like somebody's watching me song yeah, on like, like every. That. Yeah. Is I bet it Rock? You. I think his name is Rockwell. Rockwell. I said the wrong mm-hmm. thing. Rock. I yeah. said the wrong name for sure. Isn't it funny Guaranteed. how the only good part of that song is Michael Jackson's uh, chorus? It, you're totally right. <laughs> Poor yeah. Rockwell. But, yeah. you know, he was, you know, Barry Gordy's son, the head of Motown. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, he just got a record deal because his dad oh. was running the show. Mm. So mm-hmm. they really needed Michael to come in there. Wow. Could, that really – talk about a little uh, – uh, nepotism there yeah like, oh who right. are gonna get to help you michael jackson yeah, is gonna sing the, like oh gosh that's <laughs> crazy hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That's um, really funny. Okay, so yeah, it, no pressure to be spooky though. Oh, I mean, Seuss, this it. is this could not be more perfectly timed. I this was one of the the, the stories I was going to talk about last week, but I was like, no, we got to dedicate a full like Whoa. long amount of time to this. Also, mm-hmm. do you remember when I showed you that picture of that little spider that was joining me that one time yeah. we were recording? Still yeah. there. Wow. Um, still hanging out. Now we're buds. So we're cool. Is there a Everything's web? Good. Mm, 
Not that I see. How Maybe do you know it's the same one? Right. I don't know he was still alive. It's probably a um, whole community of them. Oh, God. What if that, that don't, now, now we're getting spooky. Okay. So <laughs> last week I was talking about this story and uh, we needed more time to unpack it. The real history of Pavlov and his experiments. Oh, the okay. story about Pavlov that you think you know yeah. is not anywhere near the truth. Wow, there was a great article that came totally, to, but, and even the reason why we've been lied to is a story in itself as well. Okay. So there's a great article in the New York Times, I believe. No, I don't know. I think it's the New York Times. Uh, that, uh, oh, I know because I have it right here, that was called Drool. And it was written back in 2014 by Michael Spector. It's a great article. Um, and in right about this time, maybe a little bit earlier, there is a researcher at John Hopkins who did a deep dive and I'm talking like a 20 year deep dive on all of the, the scientific writings, all the journals, all the history of Pavlov. He like wanted to know, well, what's this guy's name? His name's Daniel Toads. He did this whole history and it is so different than what we actually know. Mm-hmm. And how we got so confused. So first of all, how we got so confused. In 1927, there was an article that came out in, oh, I can't remember what magazine at the time, but somewhere. I think it was like, I don't know, I can't remember where it came out. But, uh, and it was written by H.G. Wells. And it was a review of Pavlov's research that he wrote that was in Russian. Mm -hmm. And so H.G. Wells gets a hold of this like paper that Pavlov wrote. And it's like any scientific paper. It's boring as fuck. But H.G. Wells is like science fiction-y writer. So he's like, oh, I'm going to like write all the cool stuff. So he describes him in this very poetic way. He describes Pavlov and like he's this, you know, uh, beacon of light in the science community and blah, blah, blah. And also... What uh, what H.G. Wells is basing this article on is the English translation mm. of Pavlov's studies yeah. and Pavlov's work. Mm-hmm. We weren't so good at translating Russian at the time, turns out. So he write, So H.G. Wells writes this article. It becomes like a great story in like, I don't know, the New York Times. Some, something like that. Something that it's everybody's like reading. The, in. the TED Talk of the... Totally. Pre-TED For sure. Era. Very colorful, very like, and B.F. Skinner reads it. And B.F. Skinner is like inspired. He's like, this is amazing. This guy is like, the re- originally B.F. Skinner was going to be like a, like an art student or something like that, or like a, a, a English student or like a, a writing student or something like that, but then reads this H.G. Wells article on Pavlov and is like, I got to change everything. I really want to study him. I want to study like condition response and like kind of expand on his work. grief. Turns out, and it wasn't until like recently until this guy who uh, was doing this research on Pavlov for this book and working at John John Hopkins and he did all this research that we find out the actual truth about what Pavlov was up to. So first of all, never once did he ever, ever, ever – use a bell 
and everything. We have the idea that like, what is your idea? Like if I were to yeah, say, right. okay, Pavlov, tell yeah. me a little bit about Pavlov's dogs. This is so, this is actually so like, uh, it was so shocking to me because I was pa- one of Pavlov's dogs for Halloween one year. I remember. Yes. So I was like, this is something that like, you know, I, about. I, yeah. I know about, like we talk about it in school. We, it's like something that's referenced all the time. Everybody it's taught in, in psychology. So what's your like, yeah, just understanding? The, old, the old standard, like that he was, um, he would ring the bell before mm-hmm. he fed them. And then ultimately he, he determined that that was causing salivation regardless of whether food was present and the bell was triggering that response and all the and we developed know. conditional responses yeah. and that was like the word and it was the whole thing turns yeah. out con- conditioned response was a terrible translation and they translated that word it was actually conditional response and wasn't even uh, mm. uh used in the same way but how he actually tested this, what he was really interested in studying was the effects of eating on the pancreatic system, the, the gastric system, uh, the uh, saliva glands, and the pancreas. Mm-hmm. And how he did this with dogs is he removed the esophagus of the dogs in the lab that he used, created a hole in their throat. And when the dogs would eat, the food would fall out of the, their ho- the hole in their throat and wouldn't make it into their stomach. And then he would place these other holes throughout the digestive system. I should say, like, with a big time, like, if you are sent, like, get ready for what I'm about. And this is really, this is a spooky episode. I did I'll warn say you with it's that. already terrible. It's terrible. He placed these holes that they called fistulas, which is like a disgusting word. The only other time I've heard that word is like with female genital mutilation. Like, (gasps) yeah, when women leak urine then because of like a gosh. Gosh, like like it's all gross. So he, same similar holes uh, placed further along the digestive system. And then he would attach those holes to tubes that would allow him to collect and measure any of the gastric juices that came out no and then it got worse because he had this he was like a mad scientist he had this whole idea that if dogs were unusual in their production of like anything was different then we needed to keep them alive so he would continuously do these operations to like maim and then fix these dogs and they I mean, they became they became just like gastric juice factories where he would like have this harnessed crossbeam and then attached a container by a tube coming out of these fistulas. And it, I mean, it's like the most disgusting experiment you could possibly imagine. No one talks about that. We're basically glorifying a a. And not one time was there a bell or anything like that involved. He did end up using a metronome later, and he studied how they would change based on, like, the the um, uh, different, like, beats of a metronome. But, but there was no bell. Why would, why would we have thought there was – how would he have discovered what we think he discovered without the bell or something? Because of this really bad H.G. Wells story – that was in 
the so New like York he really Times. didn't even discover what we think he discovered he was he he was a big uh, uh advocate for the scientific method at a time when the scientific method wasn't something that well like that something you actually had to advocate for he was really mm-hmm. big on the repetition of experiments over and over but in this are in the um uh, the article, the article's title is Drool, and it was really good. I can't remember where where it is. Maybe it's in, I'll find it. Um, but it's written by Michael Spector. I made sure to write that down at least, give him credit, because it was a great article, and it talks about how this also coincided with Lenin took over in Russia and was expelling, like, getting rid of a lot of the scientists and, like, making it... Uh, like controlling basically how knowledge was was funded and how science was funded. And so he was a scientist that was lucky to even get his scientific works like published and, and like any money and funding for this at the time. He ended up like reaching out to the United States. But I think it was like the timing, the age of like um, uh, science fiction – a misinterpretation mm-hmm. and mis uh, 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 what do you call it? Communication. Mm. Uh, yeah, translation, like a poor mm-hmm. translation of Russian text. Wow, and I wish I had a hype person like those ones. That, right, right. Oh my god, talk about like a, a nice reframe. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. For goodness sakes, yeah. Good he didn't grief. use a bell. He didn't use anything like that. Wow. That is yeah. a disappointment. Yeah, he. It, it's just, it's. I wonder. Well, and he ended up winning a Nobel Prize in medicine and psychology right. in well, good for 1904, him, but it wasn't for anything related to the conditional response or conditional reflex. It was for his uh, research in. Okay, like, so he's no saliva. slouch. No, he, he's no yeah. slouch. But this is this to me. This seemed like. It reminded me a lot of um, when we read the book The Lobotomist's Wife and we learned about, like, the history of the lobotomy Mm -hmm. and how that guy was just, in a way, like like a a mad... Yeah, and kind of like a mad scientist, like, all hopped up on his own, like, findings. And and this feels, like, very similar, where he would just try to keep the same animals alive, like to any extent and there's like tubes attached to them this sounds like a straight up fucking horror film dang and we i there are so many of the major scientific like i don't know what do you call mm. like the like the greatest hits like the like the these are like the pillars of you know yeah. and when we really look at it like Fucking, what's his name? Was all hopped up on coke the whole time. Freud, like that guy was a cokehead. Right. You know. When I mean, this guy's like basically doggy Frankensteining. Yeah. You know, people over here. And when I think about the ways that people can become fixated on words in the Bible that they think mean a very specific thing. Yes. And then you think about the way that translation works and how imprecise it can be and how unreliable it can be. 
Um, yes. It just makes me crazy whenever you have somebody who is um, a believer of like in, but biblical inerrancy and, you know, their specific narrow uh, way of interpret, interpreting text. It's, it's so complicated and yeah. imprecise. Right. It's like one person's idea. Yeah, it was some Russian word that for a conditional reflex that was poorly translated into conditioned response. And it, it was the na- title of the paper. It was a review. Oh, Times Magazine. That's it. It was in Times Magazine, the, um, the original article that H.G. Wells wrote. Times was, or Time? T- Times. Oh, okay. The old, I think like an old one. Well, that's what it says, at least in this okay. article, Times. I would imagine that that... And it was in The New Yorker. That's where I read this. Mm-hmm. The article is called Drool from the wow. New Yorker, written good. by Michael Spector. I mean, good and it's update. A, it's a long article, but it is a really, really good one. It talks about, um, you know, what was going on at the time and how this information kind of got buried and how we just kind of glorify these, uh, I don't know, like people who are looked at as like the founding fathers yeah, of psychology. Right. And so much of our medical history is based on fucking torture. And yeah, like really mythology too. Like these fucked up shit. Well, I'll tell you what is not effed up. S H I T. And that is Julie, which we love. Emergency <sighs> contraception. I am just in love with this, and I'm so glad that they've partnered with us because this is so great. I love empowering you guys to. Um, have what you need. This product, Julie, stops your body from releasing an egg using the same active ingredient as Plan B. So essentially, Julie works by preventing or delaying your ovulation with no egg. There's no fertilization and therefore no pregnancy, and it's no risk to future fertility. And one thing I really wanted to emphasize is that one thing that makes them really great is they Julie offers um, a digital community. So you... Have like an online chat option available on their website where you can talk to um, a doctor if you have any questions. You don't have to like start Googling and then next thing you know, you think you're dying or whatever. Right, right. Um, Don't do that. Yeah, it is such a great service and it can be very empowering for people that have questions and want to make sure they're doing everything correctly and have all the information they need. Um, And it's FDA approved. Morning after pill stops pregnancy before it starts. Okay, yeah. if yes. you, you can go to juliecare.co to learn more or find Julie at your nearest Walmart today. That's juliecare.co, C-O, to learn more. Um, legal in all 50 states. You don't need an ID or a prescription or a credit card to get it. So this is so go. great. Love it. So great. We're giving people options yeah. when options are being taken away. Yes. Love it. So, Julie, we love you. Yes. Um, all of our listeners named Julie are going to just like that you just did <laughs> They that. should take that and make it their ringtone or exactly. something. Exactly. I was Julie, thinking we love the you. same thing. I was like, just <laughs> cut that. Um, okay. More information, uh, fun stuff. So this is all I think equally as terrifying. Oh, no. Maybe. There was a new study, three studies actually, uh, about Gamers or people who identify as gamers. Uh, turns out gamers more prone to racist, sexist, 
and misogynistic behavior. <laughs> the least surprising study. Least ever. surprising study. Yeah, I just read Thoughts? about how they. I well, it's just obvious, and yeah. I read one in um, Scientific American about how when they are playing and they know that the character that they can choose is a gay character. This is fictional people. They are far less likely to choose it. And then when they do choose it, they usually don't last very long because all the other players use slurs and, and homophobic language (laughs) directed at them in a fictional game of cartoons. You idiots. That's so sad. And that's how I think female characters are. Oh, yeah. On there. Yeah. Like that. It's really upsetting. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting, this article, is they talked a lot about, uh, the author talked a lot about gamer identity and how one of the things that they did when they were conducting the research is, and this shows how twisted it is, is like people in that, in the community can't even agree on what the term gamer is, where some people think it's like, oh no, that's only people who use PC games. Some people are like, oh no, that's per- only people who are on multiplayer online games. Like, so oh, they, they, gamer identity seems to be even something that people get all worked up about. So, and when they were conducting the studies, they left it with no operational definition. They were just like, if you identify as this in any yeah. way, like, we don't want to get involved. Right, exactly. Okay. And so one of the things that I thought uh, was really interesting is there's, they talked about what happens. What is it about gaming? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what's going on that makes it so it becomes this, I don't know, more extreme thing. Okay. And they talk about this concept called identity fusion, which I had never heard of before, but I Mm -hmm. thought it was so interesting. It's when an identity becomes almost the defining trait of a person and something that pervades all aspects of that person's life. Mm. And so we all have these individual, we have kind of an individual identity and a social identity. You know, I'm Sarah, the podcaster, and Sarah, who is on The Real World, um, but I'm also a therapist and a reader and a plant lady, plant lady, and a girlfriend, and the, and they're separate. They're like social identities are separate from our identity, our individual identity, and what happens is the person's social identity becomes fused with their individual ones. You see this sometimes with people in the military where they go from being, in this example, they wrote Doug the father and Doug the soldier who were two different things. Mm. And then something happens where it becomes indistinguishable, where it's harder to tell the difference between who, say, Doug the soldier and Doug the father would be. Is Doug the father considered an individual identity? Or is yes. that one of the... Okay. So it's like more personal stuff versus yes. more like outward facing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then when those get fused, mm-hmm. what happens? They're more susceptible to extreme pro-group behavior. 
they're mm-hmm. more susceptible to like the ideas that um, they're more like extreme beliefs or that it is kind of a gateway towards maybe even radicalization. And it then promotes, you, you see more um, exclusion than inclusion. Hmm. And, and it's, it's almost in a way like you can, it's the breakdown of the individual for the group. Uh, you know, if you think of like that in the, in the sense of like a military well, way. religion, for sure. Religion, yes. Yeah. Anything where your your individual ideas are not as important as the group think. And, okay. and, and that makes people <clears throat> susceptible to e- extreme pro-group behaviors. And, and extreme pro-group to... behaviors are, are rarely... Like that's they're saying, not usually good news. They're not <laughs> usually good. <laughs> <laughs> so are you trying to tell me that people w- that are more inclined to have this happen um, enjoy gaming more or that gaming can produce this effect? Gaming can produce that. Oh, wow. That gaming, because that the identity of a person becomes I'm a gamer and what that community uh how they engage with that community and what that community represents for them. They did see a difference in what games they played. Like Call of Duty had this more than Minecraft. Yeah, right. Surprises no one. Yeah. Holy heck. Yeah. And, I mean, well, to what extent do you think um, the the existing demographics um, reinforce this? So, obviously, there's far more men that game than women. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. I think, in that article I read, it said they are also tend to be white. Mm-hmm. So they tend to be white, cis, straight men. Yes. So yes. then do you think that is just something that encourages this fusion? Ooh, is there I'm something about sure. those guys? Like, I know, but just like, well, guess. I think what, what they <laughs> describe, right. What they described, but just guess, give just me three. For fun. What, what the, the, the authors called it a double-edged sword. That what happens is they find a community, which is a positive thing. Yes. But then through that community are introduced to toxic and hateful speech. Yes. And then like worst case scenario, it in- creates or like may lead somebody to be lured into embracing Man. These more extreme beliefs because of a desire to it's it's the same as the um yes. conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. Where it's like and the same as what they talked about in um uh all the Scientology documentaries mm-hmm. where once it's like the foot in the door thing, like once you're already like in for a penny, in for a pound kind of thing. Like I'd rather agree to these things that maybe I'm not a hundred percent on like the path than of least be excluded. And yeah. especially if the group is more on exclusion than inclusion, you're going to want to do everything to feel like, I mean, everything fucking reinforces itself. You know, it's like, there's so much fear. Fear drives like this kind of stuff. And it's hmm. really. So up. do you think that it's also the case that 
maybe people that tend to get really into gaming are more isolated in the real life world? Or do you think that's just a stereotype that that is not really reflected in the data? I don't know the answer. I think it's hard to, to maybe not in the beginning, but in the same way you can say somebody who likes to go visit slot machines or gamble is isolated from other people. Mm -hmm. If the things that they're choosing to do isolate them, is it that And it's like you said, it's self-reinforcing. Yeah, it's self-reinforcing. So I think that's it. It's like maybe not in the beginning, but the they're getting and, and it really video games do the same thing that like slot machines do like it's reinforcing they want you to play make it just hard enough you lose a little bit then you come back and you play more it's like uh oh, and you got to get the next one it's like designed to do that gives yeah. you that yeah it keeps you you i don't know on the keeps you addicted it's like there are addictive aspects to gaming and right. So, and then it, you may be exposed to certain behavior and points mm-hmm. of view that you wouldn't otherwise. And then you right. would be more inclined to uh, be persuaded to mm-hmm. agree if you want to maintain your social right. uh, position. Right. Exactly. Bummer! I know. But I thought that part about the, um, the uh, identity fusion was so interesting totally you can kind of think about i even thought about that in in terms of people whose identity become uh you know somebody on the challenge or somebody where it it becomes hard to separate that and what that and then it makes it so everything that you are is riding on this one thing yes and if if that community in any way lets you down it feels like you're alone. It feels like you have no one. Yeah. And that can be said for religion, for, um, you know, any, for. Well, and we've had a reduction in the opportunities to um, interact with the community. Um, oh, th- good point. That is. Yeah. A good, yep, yep. Yep. And so then when you finally find one, you don't want to alienate yourself or, or the team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, man, that is a real crappy story. Yep, and it even said that in the article. It talked about how this provides community at a yeah. time when and and what they noticed in the people who have this more uh, what did they call it? they it, they said it wasn't all gamers, of course. Sure. It's toxic. They called it toxic gaming, like something like that. Toxic gaming, I think. And uh, yeah, and the, well. that that was not everybody in the community of course but this i'll tell you what everybody in the community could benefit from and that is some delicious food from HelloFresh. absolutely there's i mean a that is a universal yeah and that could bring us all together because we'll just sit around talking about it i had the best meal ever oh tell the, me it's those pork taquitos i can't quit talking oh, about them i love them yeah. I can't wait till you get them because you're going to be like, Suze, you know what? No wonder you can shut up about them because they're so <laughs> freaking good. It's so delicious. But the, all of their recipes are wonderful. And they have they, – I love how they do seasonal stuff. So, you know, you mm-hmm. can get like the old Oktoberfest situation on the go for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, they try to do like fall inspired stuff and because it is fall and they have quick and easy meals. So they're like 20 minute recipes. You know, like when Lincoln gets home from school, the last thing I want to do is like, you know, spend when I get home from anywhere. The last thing I want to do is (laughs) any of that. Yeah. So you can like it works with your ever changing schedule. You can change your day delivery day. You can change pretty much everything. It's all flexible and it's so convenient, very easy to do. And they're freaking delicious, which is really all that I care so about. Um, all the d- ingredients are delivered right to you along with the recipe, and so you don't have to think about it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy65 and use code BrainCandy65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy65 and use code BrainCandy65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Okay. Yum. Now you're making me hungry. Mm. I know. Also, I highly recommend... Saving the recipes because if you are like, what do I make tonight? Just go through. Your you can recreate it. Recipe book, and they're yes, so good, do that. Mimi. And Eli is such a good chef, and so whenever like I, you know, feel like taking over the responsibility of cooking, I do this, and every time he's like, "Oh, this is amazing," <laughs> and then I feel like I'm on par. Yeah, with his. Well, cooking. you are. Because I know it's great. It's a yummy meal. And it's, it's different. Okay, so what I was going to say before about like the hashtag not all gamers is that one thing that they did did notice, and this I think is is a very important thing to to, to like kind of highlight and talk about is that the people who had that toxic gaming those toxic gaming traits didn't have another community where they belong. Didn't feel like they belong. Yeah, this was the community. That me out. Right. So you know, I was thinking about. Um, when we were talking about the uh, Boy Scouts and how there was kind of this feeling of like, well, bad things are going to happen, but a lot of good things happen with it. Yeah. And this feels like, I just don't like things like that. How like there's the double edged sword thing. The thing the thing where it's like there's so many good and then there are all there are these negatives too. You know, because I think about um uh that book Super Better. Mm -hmm. Oh now now of course. Jane McGonagall. Jane McGonagall, thank you. Yeah. And how helpful gaming is. And I remember when my mom had her accident and she could not stop googling her own freaking symptoms and i was like mom I mean, that's not going to be very helpful maybe we need to distract the brain or like give the brain like another little task to like look at and look over here and da, da, da. and mm-hmm. how it helped i like set her up with best fiends it's <laughs> like yeah yeah it was great and it was really helpful to kind of like distract her mind and in and well um, sorry to interrupt but that's yeah. um is one of the things i really like that you talk about um you know how like we and most people focus a lot these days on like being present and being mindful and like living in the moment. And one time you said to me, yeah, but like when things are really bad, you should not be in the moment. No, get the heck out of there. Yeah. And that was get like a rev- revelation to me because, you know, it's so focused on now that like be in the moment, be in the moment. And you were like, well, yeah, but if it's terrible, you should maybe think about like a future when it'll be better. And right. You know, like, at, you know, the like the, the, the people who, like, walk on coals or, like, anybody who's doing something or, like, anybody who's gotten a, a ceremony, ceremonial or a tattoo or anything like that. 
you do not stay in that moment. You're, you're the whole point is get your mind somewhere else. Like yeah, go like you're to, in into control a trance. Of your mind and yeah. you can use it to your advantage. And that Absolutely. is such a good thing to remind people because the last thing I want to be is in the moment when I'm suffering. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And games are great for that. In fact, one mm-hmm. of the, I'll never forget the, the study that Jane McGonagall talks about in her book with the video game they developed for people who were burn victims. Yeah. They, uh, uh, they found that they had a higher reduction in pain or greater reduction in pain playing a video game where they were in a snowy world and like had a task of like collecting snow and snowballs and stuff. Then with morphine. Whoa. It was stronger than morphine to handle the most painful that pain somebody can in, in experience. Well, yeah. and if you think about it, that is what freaking Lamaze is during labor. You're focused on your breathing instead of on yes. the nightmare that's happening um, in your vagina yes. area. <laughs> but it's that is what you're doing, you know? You're yeah. thinking about something else to yeah. distract Speaking you. of which, I just saw, and this is like on Halloween theme, so I'll share it. I just saw, um, and this probably gets posted every year if somebody does this, where like a, a, a midwife place like a birthing center will do the Halloween pumpkins with the mouth the size of like dilation. Have you what? seen this? No. Oh my gosh, Suze, it's crazy. And you could see what like 10 centimeters dilated actually looks like. Tell me. Of, like do it right now. Like well like with your hands or something, not with your vagina. Like <laughs> enormous. Like like the whole pumpkin. Jesus H. Yeah. I'm gonna find this I'm gonna find this picture and I'm gonna show it to you. That yeah. is not okay. Childbirth is not natural. That's I'm going to stick with that. There's nothing natural about having a baby. Oh my god, that's such a funny. I know people hate it too. Like women get really upset when I say stuff like that. There's nothing natural. Okay, okay. Share your screen with me. Did you share it? I did. Yeah. Okay. Look at this. Look at those holes. (gasps) God, God. The stages of dilation. That is hideous. Look at that! It's huge! Wow. Yeah, the human body, man. Oh, my God. The human body really is incredible. I mean, it and is. And so but... resilient, you know? I was thinking, like, I don't know, thinking about my ankle or something the other day and how fast, like, bodies get put back together. Because I really had this idea in my mind, how the fuck will my foot ever bend again? Like, it, oh. there's no way it's going to work with how it felt before. And yeah. then your body just, like, puts it back together. And my brother, who's a firefighter, said what? He, he, I don't know what was happening where, like, I think I was asking him, I'm like, should I go to the doctor about this? <laughs> He's like, your body has a pretty good way of telling you if it's, like, <laughs> severe enough. Yeah. And, like, It'll feel like every single alarm is going off in your body, like, I need help now. Yeah, And that's if it's true. not at that, he's like, if you're just, like, questioning, like, should I, should I? Your, your body's yeah, pretty resilient. Yeah, because you can't overthink you know? it, right? This is, like, from the guy who pro- maybe doesn't want a lot of calls that day. So, you <laughs> know, like, I take, alone, take this with Sarah. a grain of salt, you know, but... <laughs> That was, uh, that was, I always think about oh that. Oh my like, God. Man, our bodies are really resilient. And I know. can't believe that. I cannot, be- no wonder like, uh, you know, labor hurts so much opening up yeah, like that. Good grief. 
I'll tell you what's a lot better than uh, labor pains, and that is having a great bank, which is Chime. In fact, uh, they were just named the number one most loved banking app, and a lot of banking apps are awful, so Chime has sorted it out for you. Um, they have fee-free overdrafts up to 200 bucks. And no annual fees, no large security deposits or credit checks to apply. It's, you know, money can't buy happiness, but a pretty good banking app and a bank might just do it. Um, Chime to the rescue. See for yourself why Chime is so loved at Chime.com slash Brain Candy. That's Chime.com slash Brain Candy. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. Chime was the 2021 number one most downloaded banking app in the U.S. according to Aptopia. Okay, one more story. This is... Uh, you know, it's funny because all these things can fit into like a creepy category. Um, I read an article in Vice on online harassment and why it's so awful and how to, what we're doing to treat this. All right, let's hear it. I could use some help. Okay. First of all, I did not know this. I think we think of online harassment as like. I don't know, the same thing as that teenager who's getting bullied where it's just like relentless and it's from, you know, like a bunch of sources, but it doesn't necessarily have to, it it could be like um, you own a business and somebody leaves a bad review and you're trying to get that review off and then this person's like, I don't know, over and over with a bad review or one of the people that they interviewed for this story um, was a podcaster who had a podcast and then I think like maybe I think she was with like maybe like broke up with her ex-husband or something like that and then the ex-husband new girlfriend like posted their legal documents of like child custody stuff online and you know she was getting like the online harassment oh that was it they started a fake account her ex-boyfriend and his like new girlfriend like started a fake account and then was like, you know, leaving messages and comments and things like that. Just like one person. And, um, uh, you know, she was like, this is my business. You know, I, this is, I have to like be online and it made her feel like every time she goes online, she's going to be, yeah. um, you know, I know that, like that feeling. I'm sure you and do so, too. Yes. And I mm-hmm. was really surprised to hear that four in 10 Americans report that they've experienced some sort of online harassment. Oh my! That's what the more hell are than you I, people doing Suze, out there? Isn't that more than you like? I thought I I knew that I have experienced of that. Of course, I mean, yeah. You know, like we are. Even when Very I read reviews, familiar. I don't like. I'm like, <laughs> I'm being harassed. But no, <laughs> I'm being I'm harassed. Um, I'm not saying that. Don't worry, you guys are fine. <laughs> uh, 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 but I didn't think that it, in the different ways that this could. Yeah. Like how this could show up. And and I think more people have this experience than um, than so I So it'll even... be like somebody on Facebook and they'll say who they're voting for or something. And then they'll get people yeah. saying like that you're an idiot or whatever. Yeah. It could yeah. be any sort of. Like personal <sighs> attack. 
Yeah, like a personal attack. Um, but what it ha what it does is it causes these feelings of paranoia and also this this very biological reaction of like rage and like feeling of needing to defend ourselves. But what it is is a threat that we can't see, hmm. which the brain does not do well with. Okay, because its job is to get rid of threats. And its job is to eliminate threats. So if this threat comes from a social platform where you are putting your stuff out there and um, it's like on display for the public, like we all do on social media and whatever, and then it's judged by these, um, uh, I don't know, like your peers, like anonymous people around you, what it does is it turns everybody into a potential enemy your brain can't because it doesn't know where the threat is coming from because it's not like the person who was mean to, like i know exactly who was threatening me in sixth grade mm -hmm. i won't say her name because i will not call her out but i know exactly who like you know the who my mind can can point the finger and like know where this feeling yeah, is coming this from. Yeah, this is a threat from this person. Yes. Okay. When there is this feeling of everybody's against you, it turns everyone into a potential enemy, and that has really damaging effects. That's what can cause isolation. Yeah. That's what causes depression. That can cause feelings of, like, um, uh, like exclusion and loneliness and really what they're saying is it has the same effects um like online harassment has really the same mm, physiological and psychological effects that other forms of trauma have and that in order to treat it you have to do the same sort of things it's like a trauma treatment dang right like what what do you do so, well, one of the, one of the, uh, uh, the, uh, results of trauma and one of the things that, that one of the things that can happen is emotional dysregulation. So the, it's like mood swings. It's really like being, you know, it's kind of like that fight or flight, uh, uh, that control center in your brain. You know, I've had it described as a, a smoke alarm, like we have this smoke alarm in our mind that's supposed to sense when there's danger and when there's something to report. And, mm -hmm. you know, if the smoke alarm is dysregulated, if it's too sensitive, it'll go off all the time. There's yeah. fire, there's fire, fire. Right. And just like with a smoke alarm when all that fire, you know, it, it's going off, you have to like, hang on, let me like call calm down like everything's fine you know we like open the window and clear out the air it's like a whole thing yeah and in a way we kind of have to do a similar thing internally what yeah you have to a recognize when the smoke alarm is going off when there's no fire and then we have to re-regulate the system and so the the tra uh, trauma-informed treatment is a lot of like emdr um mm. or cbt but they uh, it's a, a top down and bottom up approach. So top down is like getting your thoughts right. Like not everybody is against you. 
the this is just and and helping like the person understand um you know that the actions that people are taking have more to do with them than it has to do with you and so understanding top down that's like the thoughts in your head to then help control the body and then bottom up is regulating the body telling the body in the space that it's in you're safe Hmm. you're okay there is no threat and we do that by grounding techniques or yoga or breathing or um, meditation or listening to music or anything that engages the senses. Hmm. So you need kind of that top-down and bottom-up approach for any sort of trauma treatment to help with that emotional dysregulation. That was very helpful, Sarah. Oh, thanks. Uh, you can hear more of this therapy style talk on my new podcast. This changes everything with uh, therapist Jeff. See, I, I, when I started the show podcast with him, I was like, "There's a different tone that I use when I get into therapy mode." And, yeah, uh, it is. It's maybe so cute. you said that. That it was. Like, I don't know if I did, but I do know that it's true, and I yeah, like there's it. There's definitely a different one. So it's great because then I know what I'm, who I'm talking to. Yeah, you're right. That it's was therapy, Sarah. I put on my little hat and. But See, no identity fusion here. That was my yeah. therapy self. And well, and really, this, that same technique can be applied for yes. just stress in general, right? Yes. Like anxiety. It doesn't have to just be like if someone's mean to you online. Uh, right. It's yeah. any sort of – that is a response to any kind of, of – that's like trauma-informed therapy. It could help with anything where if we feel dysregulated – you know, even in what we went through in the in the pandemic and still going through for a lot of people is this anticipatory grief, this like grief of something that like that's kind of like an enemy we can't see that that even gave us some of those like, I don't know, kind of like trauma symptoms or these uh-huh. things that just make you feel a little more on edge. It's um, uh, uh some of the symptoms included depression, suicidal ideation, and panic attacks. Dang. Yeah. Being online is not for the faint of heart. No. It's terrible. It's, it's really, it's, well, I feel like our first, the, the second two stories are kind of linked in a way because it's that double-edged sword. There are so many good parts. Yeah. I mean, I mm-hmm. love our online community so much and like our Patreon group and like our book club. Yeah. And club. So great. But I think what's so important is to understand your, those, those different identities, that social and individual one and how to maintain, um, like strong connections with people who know an authentic version of you and like, are um, uncondi- like unconditionally accept and love that authentic mm-hmm. version of you. Just can be like one person, like I got Sue's. Yeah. The, I always struggle with like when somebody says something to me online that is either demonstrably false or like uh-huh. I know they're wrong about it. It's very tempting for me <sighs> to lay into them because right. um, I, of my certainty about my rightness. Yeah. And it is totally pissing in the wind. Like, it, it, there's no point 100%. to doing this. <laughs> but that it tempts like me Understanding every time. what their intention is. 
yeah helps to get rid of that feeling <laughs> yeah because right. when you can understand that they like probably didn't say i'm want to make Susie feel really mad right now and if they did say that yeah and fuck them who, who well, yeah gonna waste my time with that like you yeah. know but man does it you have to like have personal boundaries and recognize like what like where your limits are and what you can handle because you can handle way more than i can like i don't know how you do it or you and fake? you're like oh my gosh you're so good at like even i think right like defending yourself when you should and went mm. versus just ignoring it and letting people it's so cute. There's this whole family of squirrels that's like playing tag <laughs> the outside my life. window right now. It's really lovely. <laughs> so. I was thinking last time when I got distracted by the hail or whatever, I'm like, I really need to control myself. Like, you don't have to no. look at what's tempting. No, it's, I can't help it. I changed my angle and changed my view. And now I got like squirrels playing in the trees. I didn't talk, talk to you about the little birds who just showed it's up. Like Snow White like it was over my there. Grandma. It really is beautiful. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You would make a real, like, back when I met you and you had black hair, you would have made a really cute Snow White, like, at Disneyland or something. Yeah, why didn't I ever do that for Halloween? Yeah, you could have done that. I could have, with the red bow, and it could have been, like, all... Adorable. Like, I oh, man. And, like, funny. a nice red lip. I can see you doing this. Love it. I'm surprised you've never gone back to that hair color. I have nightmares, actually, where I dye my hair black, and then I wake up in a panic because I'm like, what have I done? Shut the process up! To, yeah, the process to get it blonde again... I remember so that. long. Yeah. You, yeah. Because when like, we were in like Brazil, you were in the middle phase where you were, you even <sighs> warned me. You're like, just so you know, I'm it's trying orange. to get out of my so black bad. hair. And it was, right. yeah, it was like a reddish strawberry blonde. Yeah. I mean, it just know pretty, that you are though. committed to that. If you are going box black. Yeah. I w- it wasn't even dark brown. I was black. What do you think's a bigger commitment? That box black or bangs? box black wow yeah takes longer to get that's a good point and you're gonna have to fry your hair to get it out of there because you gotta lift all of those all the like color deposits these molecules into your hair and Mm -hmm. lightening it is like comes away and it like eats the little molecules away and in order to do that you gotta like take things out of the hair which leaves a lot of little holes i honestly like cannot believe that it works the way it does that we can that how we can do that that our hair doesn't just like all fall off well it's really yourself (laughs) (laughs) right right but yeah you're right you're right but okay i won't pressure you but it did look so pretty when it was black i do love it thanks it always looks pretty you're the worst because everything you do i've never seen you where i was like whoa what's happening every look you do I can send you some some first thing in the morning pics that'll have you. (laughs) I have seen you plenty in the first thing in the morning. Shut up. 
Um, all right, winding, winding, winding. Let's winding, wind it. Winding. I mean, oh happy Halloween. Yeah. And I hope you get a lot of fun size candy bars now that I yes. agree that they are superior to full size yes. candy bars. Woo! If you had to do like one full size though, what would you choose? Oh, one full size? Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be a funny answer because M&M's, but it doesn't even count. M&Ms. No, I know. That's terrible. Like the peanut ones. I've been, I was on a oh, kick okay. for a while. I love a peanut M&M so much. Um, no, full size. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kit Kat. Good choice. I, I like it. I do Twix. Oh, but I love Twix. a Kit Kat too. I have not had it yet, but I am so, I, I'm about to dive into the Halloween bag right now, probably as you're listening to this. I have been so looking forward to a fun size Butterfinger. I love those. Perfect ratio of chocolate to. That is the correct answer. Finger, whatever. (laughs) Butter to finger. Butter to finger. Hilarious. (laughs) Um, Pavlov. Whoa. Oh man. Expose today. Literally cutting holes in dogs' esophaguses and letting the food just drop out. Like, really, they should do a horror film on him. Yeah. Why haven't (laughs) they done that? This article came out in 2014. Wow. The The drool article. The drool article that's Dang. in the New Yorker. New Yorker, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's I... real and it's available for free right now. Like I got to read the whole thing without the without the logging paywall? in. So yes, so okay. and it's really really good by Michael Spector. Um, then Gamers. we talked about toxic game culture. Yikes! Yes, exclusion Yikes. over inclusion. Ugh. Um. And what then else? online harassment, but the real spooky part was the how big your vagina gets when you dilate. Yikes! Right. yikes Everybody, yikes. Google that. That's it. Men listening, you lovely, lovely guys, just Google that for and just like have a moment to feel for the women in your life. I love the the Joe Coy bit where he talks about how he watched his wife give birth and how you know the vagina on that day is so disgusting and then he i loved it because then he was like women are like transformers you know like the day after it's just like back and he's like <laughs> back the way it started which i love that he did that because sometimes i think people like young guys like on the challenge would act like you're damaged goods you're just dummies. they're dumb dumbs yeah they're so dumb but it's miraculous what goes on down there and then Unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. Okay. Three cheers for the human body. <laughs> okay. To the human body. We have Christmas ornaments, brain oh, candy Christmas that ornaments. Is right. Everybody, come I on. I know it's you know Halloween. You need a Brit- but I was reading about Britney Spears, and I almost said, you, you know, you need a Britney Spears ornament. Oh, well, you probably need That's that too. True. But we don't have that. We have a brain candy ornament. The puzzle's out. The apartment oh, pants are out. Those are so comfy. The apartment pants. Mm-hmm. Soup's comfy. So cute. And anyway. just like little um, uh, insider tip, size up. Okay. On the apartment oh, pants. Oh, yeah. They're, I noticed that. They're comfy. They're comfy and you want them a little bit on the baggier side. Yeah. I sized up and I was very happy I did. Okay. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Have a spooky day. Bye. Bye. Bye.